0: Today's scripture reading comes from the first chapter of the Gospel of John, beginning with the first verse. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness and his own people did not accept him. But to all who have received him, who believed in his name, he gave power to become children of God, who were born not of blood or of the flesh or of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and lived among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory as a father's only son, full of grace and truth. John testified to him and cried out, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me ranks ahead of me because he was before me. From his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. Here ends the reading. These words are a lamp to our feet and a light onto our path. Amen.
1: It is the second Sunday of Advent and we wait. Children wait for Christmas Day and Christmas presents. Parents wait for Christmas gathering of their family and children and households. Others wait for Christmas to be over, their losses and heartbreaks too painful to bear. Still others wait for a miracle, an angel, a birth, a promise. This year I find myself waiting with you for an end and a new beginning a time of transition and a time of new possibility. I also wait for a new world, a world which Isaiah describes, the wolf and the lamb shall live together, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, a little child will lead them, and no one will hurt or destroy. And a world which Mary describes, God brings down the powerful and lifts up the lowly, fills the hungry with good things, and sends away the rich empty. In a world that John describes, light shines in darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. It is where God is made flesh and lives among us. I wait for such a world. For some days, I despair, fatigued by the news of the day, discouraged, at the state of affairs and the status quo, and the news of death. Then I remember that in the story of Advent and Christmas, God comes to us in flesh and lives among us, in bodily form, and calls us not to despair, but to confidence and hope, to promise and possibilities. I remember that in this season, We are not called only to receive the gift of love in Christ, but also to embody it, to wear it, to be incarnations of it in body, mind, and spirit. I remember that our lives, our whole selves, mind, body, and spirit, are made sacred, and all flesh is hallowed by the birth of God in human body. Because you see, if flesh were so bad, if body was no good, why would God choose to become one? So I believe this understanding that flesh and body are good, they are sacred and holy is essential to us who live in a world that usually puts down or denies the body and the flesh and considers the flesh less than spirit body less than soul, flesh is bad and spirit is good. So is it any wonder that bodies are often hated and objectified, rape and murder, violence and assault plague our world? The string of sexual assaults, stories of women, subjugation and oppression of all things, feminine and female, confront us day in and day out, demanding resolution and healing. It seems ever since the Garden of Eden, when Eve shared with Adam the forbidden fruit, demonizing, objectifying, belittling women has been a universal phenomenon. We have been confused about the body, sexuality, women, men, male, female, trans and queer and all things body and all things flesh, all things sexual. Now Eve has been particularly influential. Ignoring the first story of creation in Genesis 1, where God creates humans in God's image, male and female God creates them, implying that God the divine is both male and female at the same time, And embracing the story of creation in Genesis 2, of Adam and Eve, the denunciation of women has been part of our heritage. And this prejudice reaches pre-biblical times and cultures. Greek, Roman, Celtic, Germanic, Babylonian, all depict women as subordinate to men, socially, legally, and in all ways. Misogyny dominates church writings, letters, sermons, law, science, philosophy, as well as medicine and biology. So by Genesis 3, Eve is punished with childbirth pains and her husband's rule over her. Now, early Christian theologians, Tertullian wrote, woman is a temple built over a sewer. Augustine wrote, what is the difference? Whether it is in a wife or a mother, it is still Eve the temptress that we must beware in any woman. And Martin Luther wrote, God's works are clear. Women were made to be wives or prostitutes. Hard to grasp, isn't it? So it is both fascinating and deeply disturbing, that on this worldview, our whole social construct still is based. Even Mary are the two biblical women that are most popular, and in the story, they are portrayed as complete opposites. Eve is accused, Mary is honored, Eve is blamed, Mary is revered, Eve is foolish, Mary is wise, one is bad, one is good, Eve is tainted, Mary is pure, Eve is hated, Mary is loved, Eve is a witch, and Mary is an angel. Eve has been a most reproached of women, Mary a most revered. Yet Eve in ancient times was one of the common Middle Eastern names for superior feminine power. So her name literally means Mother of All Living, connected to the Hindu goddess, whose title was also the Mother of All Living. So to the Hittites, she was Hawa, life. To the Persians, she was Havov, earth. In India, she was Yeva, the creator. And in Assyria, she was the mother womb, the creator of all destiny. Her tantric name means the very beginning. So it is difficult to grasp that Eve, who was so revered and worshiped, could lose that status and that position, becoming Eve the foolish, accused, blamed, hated, manipulator, tempter. Now, in contradiction, we find Mary, innocent and pure, obedient and angelic, dutiful and beautiful and faithful. She is not rebellious and defiant like Eve. And Mary herself traces her roots to Maria, which means water, le mer in French, maritime in English, as the seawater is the quintessential symbol of femaleness out of which life is born. Now, in Eastern Orthodox tradition, Mary's title is Mother of God. She's known as the virgin mother who gave birth to Jesus. She's the protector of humanity, the connector of heaven and earth, negotiator between God and humans, and she is somewhat of a queen of heaven, tracing her roots to Asherah, the Semitic queen of heaven, the mother of all, the womb. So how did women fall so far down when for centuries they were worshiped and revered for their ability to give birth, for their capacity to bring forth life? For giving birth, creating life was considered a divine act. Only God can do it. Only the gods could do it. Hence, the worship of the goddess. Now, I know that the answer to that question is complex. Yet it seems monotheism contributed to it since God eventually became male. And because of the goddess connection, church fathers tried to eradicate any hint of the feminine in God. Even the Holy Spirit, which was considered the feminine side of God, was sent underground. So some suggest that when men discovered their role in the birth of children who looked like them, things began to change. Now, clear ancestral hereditary lines became terribly important as humans began to value personal possession and property. Today, when 9 in 10 women are harassed, when 87% of women ages 18 to 25 say that they have experienced harassment, we cannot but acknowledge the misogyny and the violence held in them. Today, when only 20% of US Congress people are women, when only 22 states have women presidents or heads of states around the world, when only 4% of chief executive officer positions in Fortune 500 companies are women, and very few ordained women lead large viable congregations around the U.S. across all denominational lines, we have to ponder our understanding of incarnation And Christmas. See, God made flesh lives among us. That makes sacred the flesh and the body, and it calls us to embrace the mystery and hear its call. If we take incarnation seriously, we would recognize that the stuff of this world is sacred that we, our bodies, minds, and hearts are holy, that our words, our actions should take on flesh as we live incarnationally in the world. If we take incarnation and Christmas seriously, we would recognize that humanity, even in our brokenness, in our broken relationships, is sacred, for out of them is born new life. If we take incarnation seriously, we would see the other, one another, as sacred. And as a result, abuse and assault, rape and murder would be impossible to do. For who can kill that which they consider sacred? Jesus' humanity makes our humanity sacred. The birth of the Christ child calls us toward a world where the wolf will live with the lamb, where women and men will live together, where we of any gender, sexual, gender sexuality become Christ to one another, where we enact, embody, and incarnate the sacred for each other. A world where men respect women and women claim their power and their likeness to God in whose image they are created. A world where all embrace our bodies and speak our truths, share our stories without shame, and resist a world that continues to violate, oppress, subjugate, and diminish by power, by the greed of power. And as Reverend Shoup, a a Presbyterian minister, writes, and we put the body back in the body of Christ. Reverend Hagenduff, your new pastor, who will be here on January 1st, is a woman. She is first, however, a human like us, and second, she is the incarnation of Christ, as you are also. In her leadership, She will embody Christ for you, and you will embody Christ for her. And together, you will embody Christ for the larger community and the world. So does it really matter what gender she is or sexuality she identifies with? Are bodies male or female or unidentified? Are bodies of life, and birth, not of death. We are bodies that incarnate the Christ. We are bodies made for love and life and new birth. We are bodies that celebrate Advent, incarnation, who put skin and flesh on it for one another, for one another <clears throat> and for the world. Happy Advent and happy incarnation.